Hey everybody, it's Alexander Dahl with Manifest Vitality once again. Uh, so I got another interview ready to go here. So we'll go ahead and just jump straight into that. There's still a few more ready to go uh, that I'm working on. I should say they're not exactly ready yet. Um, so we'll get them out as soon as we can. All right, here you go. All right, so I'm currently on the phone with Mark. He's another one of the musicians that reached out to me about the current interview series. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the chance to introduce himself. My name is Mark Stone. I started out in the, well, I started out a long time ago. <laughs> what can I say? Um, you know, and it really was one of the only things that I'm even partially good at. So, like, all the other things that I ever started, I, never really hung on to or kept with and music has definitely been you know uh the the thing that stayed the the, the longest <laughs> in sure. my life for sure definitely so on that note let's let's talk about how you first found music you know what was it about uh music in general that really like hit home with you and you decided you needed to be a part of it like even before like I got into music, I was like singing before I was like speaking in sentences. I would mimic the radio and and, and mom's albums. I'm totally dating myself right now, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Vinyl albums. <laughs> you know, I I suppose they call everything albums nowadays, but I'm talking like real black vinyl records, you know, that you had to put on the record player and put the arm down and all that, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh so, so like, even before I was really like having conversations, I was, I was mimicking the conversations and the messages and music. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I got tied into that probably very, very young, <laughs> you, you know, okay. and it wasn't until, it wasn't until I think I saw, um, mom uh, was also an avid fan of, uh, of music. Mm -hmm. Uh, and she took me to the flea market in Hinkley and the Daisy Dillman band was playing and the Daisy Dillman band. If you're unfamiliar, they're a, a country rock group that, you, you know, has been around for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they're awesome. Uh, so I saw them and I was like, Holy cow this is amazing, it, you know, and, and pretty much from that moment on, I, 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 you know, wanted to form a band, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so in order to do so, I had to be the bass player, <laughs> you <laughs> okay. know, cause if I wanted, if I wanted to sing in the band, I had to be the bass player because there was always, <clears throat> there was always plenty of guitar players and we could probably find a drummer, but nobody ever wanted to play bass. So when I started playing music, I was the singing bass player. <laughs> Sure. Okay. And so <clears throat> when you first kind of had that ambition to get into music, uh, how, how did you initially pick bass? Was it the fact that you saw that as an easy in for a band since you identified a need or was there something deeper there that made you drawn to the bass as well as singing? Like explain that sort of thought process. So it was really about necessity, right? Cause like, uh, every, there were plenty of guitar players around and like I said, we could find a drummer, but in order to find, to, to do a band, like perform live and, and do a tra traditional rock type or even a country type setup, right. Or country rock type setup, mm -hmm. however way you want to look at that, I guess, you know, there had to be a bass player 
I guess, advanced enough in my thinking to think, oh, we could do like, you know, some weird variation of this just guitar. Because now there's plenty of bands around like, uh, 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 oh, no, now I can't think of them. Bound for the Floor. Um, that's their big hit. Um, but like, it, they're just a bass, they're just a guitar and drums group, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like a few of those now. Well, the White Stripes, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, it, but like back then, like if you wanted to play live, you know, you needed all of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, or it just seemed like you did, I guess. I, I, I wasn't advanced in my thinking enough, nor was electronic type stuff available mm-hmm. to, to make it any happen any other way. So so i had to be the bass player and and i wanted to sing and and, you know i was a shoe-in for the singer but you know every band i ever approached or or wanted to form needed a bass player at first so i was always the singing bass player until (laughs) until you know you you got to the age where um then you you know people wanted to you know gig and then there was enough then there was enough cats around that were jobbers or or looking for a, a group of guys that wanted to like just go out and do it mm-hmm. you, you know where all of a sudden it was like oh i don't have to be the bass player anymore and 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 during that period of time uh i i didn't play an instrument you know there were always better guitar players than me and somebody who actually wanted to play the bass guitar mm-hmm. and i just wanted to sing so then you know and that was right around the the juggernaut era for me i was in that band uh and uh really like that's when i mean how can you not get addicted to music after like your one of your first original bands is picked up you know after we we won this battle of the band contest and and got interest from a manager who wanted to bring us into paisley park which nobody got to record in paisley park during that time mm-hmm. but but you know through his strings and and stuff we we were able to do that and it's wow. like here i am in my first project and i'm looking at prince's automated board in studio a and it was something out of star trek you know what i mean sure. i mean like <laughs> the sliders are moving up and down and everything smells like you know prints everywhere (laughs) you know incense going all the time and all these blinky lights and it's like oh what does this one do and it's like don't touch that you know well that's awesome so once you kind of develop that nature for it and you know you found your groove um you know how did you kind of envision uh first of all like the setup for the band that you wanted for so like the type of musicians that were in it and then also like the type of content that you wanted to create right so so i don't even think like honestly i i I don't know that i even contemplated that like until after the juggernaut group was over Mm. because i kind of fell into that um and they were all stellar players i mean just monster players like um, the the main writer in that group, uh, besides myself, I wrote all the lyrics for all of that and the melody lines and whatnot. But the other main writer uh, was Eric Frotsky. And Eric Frotsky is this just, 
I mean, he's a, he's stupid good at everything. Mm-hmm. Like he can kill the drums and he was the bass player in that band. He's a monster bass player. He's still playing bass to this very day in a jazz uh, fusion group called Happy Apple, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. They're just ginormously, they're very, very good. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and the guitar player, Danny Wistersill, uh, he was a, you know, one guitar contest in the area, his hometown area, which was Cumberland, Wisconsin. And, and uh, our drummer was this speed metal drummer from a group called Jason, uh, who is just a killer bass player. Uh, sorry, killer drummer. And, and, he, and he like, uh, he, he's an amazing talent. What can I say? But, sure. but like, so when we got all got together, like we started out and, and we called before we turned the manager kind of had us was like, look, when we started that group, it was called love kit. And we actually named it after the condoms in the bathroom, you know, <laughs> which, you know, it's kind of a cop out sort of <laughs> as a creative, <laughs> as a creative name. And, and, and none of us were really that attached to it anyway. And, 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 uh, so when, when he asked us to think about the name, we, we thought about like, then like we thought about what we were doing, like right then at the time. And it was the nineties and grunge was huge and we were all hugely into, into it and hugely influenced by all of the things that grunge music was influenced by, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously black Sabbath. And yet like there was a side of, bands that were influenced by black sabbath that were more organic and that's why where i felt like grunge music was right it wasn't like totally metallic and processed and you gotta wear spandex and do your hair like this and all that crap it was it was like you can go out in overalls and combat boots and as long as you kick ass they're gonna listen you know Mm -hmm. what i mean definitely and and that really like that really appealed to us Mm -hmm. um and to me uh uh because i like that whole glam scene i'd you know like i mentioned previously when when uh when i got involved with players that you know were of a of a you know a certain caliber it was like that was the bands i was in and we were touring all over in in the united states and in cover bands doing basically glam rock and classic rock right sure sure kind of you know in that way i guess we can kind of identify with pantera a little bit you know mm-hmm. that the the hidden glam era of pantera mm-hmm. <laughs> you Definitely. know so right uh, so where would you say you're kind of at now uh working in music and where where do you want to see your current projects like get to that's a you're a great interviewer. That's a great question. <laughs> but uh, okay, so where I am now in, in, in my life, like I like to do a lot of things. I like to do a lot of music. Period. And 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 kind of, you know, um, after all of these great studio experiences that I had through various different projects, one of the things I knew uh, was that I couldn't afford to do all of these great studio experiences anymore Mm -hmm. you you know so 
I'd have to become better at actually doing it myself. And so for say the past three, four years, especially, I really buckled down and, and, and tried to do more than demos. I, I mean, I'd always kind of been involved. I mean, since there was Fostech, you know, four track cassette players. So that's kind of dating myself a little bit, right? <laughs> um, Maybe a little. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, but since those are around, like we were always making the demos just so we had, you know, a, a basis, a, 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 you know, something to build off of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you were going to show your songs or, you know, play your songs for somebody, it's like, what do you think of this, right? So at least you had something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd always done that. But it was pretty painfully obvious that, um, that I was going to have to take the reins on that and, and learn uh, more production. So like, yeah, so for the past four years, and then I was also kind of left to my own devices. At one, at one point, uh, I moved to Texas. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in Minnesota or whatever, but mm-hmm. at one point I, I, I moved to Texas because there was this recording opportunity to record in a, in a studio in Texas. And, and of course, you know, I, okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd also kind of gravitated more towards country music and country, uh, rock because mm-hmm. like it was the one Avenue that like was in my heart that I hadn't explored yet really. True. And like left up and left to my own devices. It was like, well, what do you really want to do? And, and and there was really nobody to argue with or, or riff off of. It was like, well, I want to do this. And I'd always, I'd always kid, you know, my fellow musicians that, you know, what my retirement plan was, you know, to form like some kind of super group like the Eagles. Except always, maybe it was the, the Daisy, the Daisy Gilman bands, a lot like the Eagles, but, but like it might've been that, or it was the fact that I just think that the Eagles are the perfect rock band. I mean, listen to them harmonies. Yeah. And 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 every single one of those members plays a very very crucial role in in, in everything they perform and write. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I really wanted to do that, but you know, hadn't really got the opportunity because usually when you meet a, a group of guys. You've got, you know, band members that are, you know, into playing live and they definitely want to make some money playing live, but they hardly care about writing songs. It's it's hard to get a group of guys together, I think, that all want to write songs and all want to write songs together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to do, but, you know, didn't really have access to that or the means to do so and so then I thought well if I do what I really want to do and I just put it out there maybe it'll resonate with some of these people I'll draw them to me Mm -hmm. right because we got the internet now and all this crazy stuff so like it's really not hard to reach out with somebody and like jam with somebody in your DAW that's Mm -hmm. you know not even on the same continent yep exactly so that was kind of the vibe and that kind of all yeah that that sort of all shifted like to that in like 2013 Mm -hmm. i suppose 
and I started my, so I wanted it to be a band, but I didn't have a band, but I wanted it to be a band and I wanted it to appear as a band. So I called my solo project, Mark Stone and the Dirty Country Band. Nice. <laughs> right? So what are some like really important moments that have happened to you? Granted, you did express some uh, earlier on about, you know, first being uh, introduced to music. But like while you were playing music, whether it be going to a show or, you know, recording or writing or performing, like what are some really standout moments for you? Well, Paisley Park is just a huge thing, like mm-hmm. like getting to record in Paisley Park and and. And not only once, but twice, and and in every single room in that place. And we got to mix in the A room with the like mixing in that A room mm-hmm. was like an experience. Like, like if you were a Trekkie mm-hmm. and you actually got on the Enterprise that went to the moon, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like it was that kind of a thing for me. And and so, like, I honestly feel like like after making the, those recordings, like everything that I did after that was almost trying to get to that same sort of feeling. Right. Sure. Like if you like, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to go too deep into that, I guess, <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's almost like an addiction where, you know, you, you, you get a, you get a taste of something and, and like, you, you, you gotta have that. That's mm-hmm. like, that's the high you want. Mm-hmm. Right. You're always you're so that, always chasing that one thing that you did, right? So so that 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 was huge, and then and then I suppose you know from from, from it's not like there it's there hasn't been other moments too. I, I suppose like when when Juggernaut played Milwaukee Metal Fest, it was probably one of the largest audiences I'd ever been in front of, and that was like that was a huge thing, like like holy. You know, like I'd never been even remotely like I'd always felt super, super comfortable on stage, like Mm -hmm. almost like this is the place I want to be. So like when you get there, like there was no reservations. But I remember looking out at that uh, crowd of thousands of people and going, wow, this is the, you know, Mm -hmm. right. Definitely. So what are some links where people can check out the stuff that you've worked on, stuff that you're currently doing? Like, where can people, uh, you know, investigate you on the Internet? Okay, so I I currently uh, do a few projects and I kind of, let's say, for lack of better terms, I'm kind of running my own production company slash label, which is LaGrunge Music. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I've, I, I'm also uh, doing a country rock band, you know, and, and like my, for a good portion of that band's existence, we've been a three piece with me on uh, guitar and vocals and a bass player and a drummer. Mm-hmm. And I've, and my favorite guitar player of all time is Billy Gibbons. So it's, it's, it's hard not to like, you, you mimic or reflect you know, the things you love the most, really, I think, when you're a musician, right? Definitely, sure. So, so yeah. So, so that was a, a huge thing. So, like, and I'd only been doing that for, like, the longest time, and I'd completely 
almost, you know, pushed aside like the harder, more extreme stuff that I was my upbringing, right? Um, until like I and I done I dabbled, right? Because when you're in the Midwest, there's uh, and I am, um, there's a lot of of cover bars, right? Where Definitely. like yeah, there are you you play covers or you don't play that, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm um, in, I'm in Minneapolis as well, so I know exactly what you're talking uh, about. Right on. So you're super familiar with the scene that I, I okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. So like, and, and we played first Avenue as, you know, juggernaut stuff, you know, but like when you're jobbing and, and trying to play regular gigs to make money, you know, like, uh, playing first avenue and doing all of your original stuff like there hasn't really been a huge scene in this midwestern region where you know you could you could do that and and sustain it right you can have those projects to do and then you know do a couple of one-off gigs here and there or whatnot right but that's not gonna sustain your you, you can't make a living off of that. Sure. Or I couldn't figure out a way to do it. Well, so the you stuff know? that you recorded at Paisley Park, has that been uploaded online at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Juggernaut stuff. It, that stuff is, like, you, you can find that easily by, like, searching on, you know, YouTube or, or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did put out, like, in 2018, I put out, um, the second album that like we were that that group was signed with uh, Noise Records uh, out of Germany. Nice. Um, like back in the nineties. Yeah, it was cool Said to be label mates with Saint Vitus. I'm cool with that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, um, but 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 yeah, and and then you know, and that group kind of fell apart, like in in the two thousand somewhere along the line, and and. Frotsky is such a monster. Like he kind of was more into, you know, doing jazz odysseys. And he actually has this group called Zebulon Pike, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like this heavy metal jazz fusion odyssey. If you ever get a, a, a chance to, 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 uh, YouTube that and <laughs> you, you want to, you have some time on your hands and mm-hmm. you want to like listen to this sonic explosion of metal, sure. uh, it, it it's really a trip. So well, he was so going about, in that direction, and how it, about and your, I was going um, toward song. Your label that you're trying to get started. Do you have like any web presence for that? Yeah, LagrangeMusic.com. Okay, and then yeah, um, for your band that you're in, or like your solo project, do you also have web presence? Yeah. So if you go to LagrangeMusic.com, it's got all of the things that I'm currently doing now, okay, right? okay. Uh, w- which is Mar- I'm still doing Mark Stone in the Dirty Country Band, although like there is no band and, and COVID kind of shut everything down. Yeah. But in in that, it actually spurred up my other my post Juggernaut project, which was Ultra Mega. Like it brought that back to life because I could I could mix it up with the players that I wanted to mix up with. And, and, you know, we created a whole, um, 
you know, a whole EP uh, last year, and we've been whipping out like a song uh, about every other month with the Ultra Mega Project. And that's also on, um, you can also get there via lagrungemusic.com uh, or ultramegaband.com. Lots okay. of dot coms. And then, um, is there any like Instagram or Twitter or anything that you want to put out there? Oh, okay. I see. I forget all this stuff, but yeah, I got <laughs> it all. Um, like on to try to make it easy, right? <laughs> because I'm all over the place still with music. Just I want to create everything. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and you can now. Mm-hmm. That that was the other thing. Like, I, I kind of got introduced to sync licensing, and and half the people that license music, as long as it's good, they don't, you know, they don't care if you're a band or not. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as the music is good and it and it and it's gonna bring out the emotions of of this, you know, or or amplify the emotions of their scenes, they don't, you know, they don't care if you have a band. Sure, they they like you too. You know, yeah. but, but like, it's not a necessity. So like, yeah. So once I kind of got wind of that, I, I'm like, okay, now I really need to hone my production chops because if they're, you know, I can get my production up to this uh, level where they are going to use, they can use my music. It's like I can use, they can use my music and I don't have to be in dance and or I can work with whoever I want to work with and collaborate with who I want to collaborate with and, and make all of these awesome projects happen. So, yeah. And, and, and part of that was spurred by the pandemic, like because the pandemic happened, I actually had time to sit there and, and mope. And then after moping, it was like, I got hooked into the sync cafe and the sync cafe is this group that started uh, via uh, Mark Fraser, who's a sync agent, and, and started doing these um, afternoon kind of get-togethers where he t- not only teach about sync, but also put out there like, hey, we need this cover of this because these people want this. And it's like, oh, no kidding, huh? And, and so then that kind of, also led me to another big group of collaborators too and and has led me to collaborate with drummers from across the universe yeah that's the one that sounds super interesting it is super cool that is the one sync cafe yeah the sync cafe is you can um it's kind of a part of sync summit so uh it's sync summit S-I-S-Y-N-C-S-U-M-M-I-T.com. Okay. And then they do Sync Cafes through Sync Summit, where you sign up on their Sync Summit website to kind of get entrance into the Zoom calls Mm -hmm. for these afternoon meetings. And it's like kind of introduced me to a whole, not only a whole new avenue of, hey, this really exists, like, sync licensing actually exists it's not a fairy tale and you can get into you know tv shows and now there's a lot more like tv shows and streaming shows even available so Mm -hmm. like 
yes, yeah, just a totally different thing. And, and I had no idea that it existed before. Right on. That's, <laughs> that's very cool. So I always like to give the person that I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their last word. So just a message that you kind of feel resonates with you. Yeah, right on. Like, I feel like I feel like two things, right? The, the, the two things I, I kind of want to put out into the universe is that if you want to do music bad enough, right, you can find a way to do it. Like, it, it's, you know, and, 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 and dreams are funny, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you may dream of being, like, in front of this huge audience at Wembley Stadium, but, like, later on you might find out that, like, you get to Wembley Stadium and it and it isn't really all that you thought it was going to be, and and then you find out that there's this other totally different thing that exists within music, and 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 it's like the fact that it exists is a totally new direction to go. So I feel like there's probably a lot of people who are like thinking about hanging it up. Period. Right. I, I know some of these people. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. danced with a lot of them, you know, and, and, and like super talented folks that just are like, yeah, this doesn't work anymore. So screw it. And it's like, I feel like, you know, if you can hang on, you can probably find something that isn't the dream you had, but it's every bit as fulfilling. 